Hello and welcome. You're listening to episode number 44 of Inglorious Artists with me, Peter Holland. And without further ado, today I'm talking to this person. I'm Brian Colin Foley. I'm an actor, director, editor, screenwriter sitting in a closet currently during COVID-19. How are you? All right, Brian, Brian, B. Rye. Do you know? Actually, even before we we started recording this episode, Brian is, was already the uh, the most common name on the podcast, and now it's like in no danger of being surpassed because you're the third Brian I have on it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It, it seems like when I walk around, even it's like all Brian, Chris's, and like Dan's. That's like okay. The, Everything in America. You say Brian and like seven people turn their heads at the bar. Like, oh, no. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And the other two are Americans too. Brian Casp, of course, and also uh, uh, Brian Babrick. I talked uh, to do a they, director. Do they both spell it with an I? Yeah. I see. You got to be they careful do. those those that spell it with a Y. You can't trust those people. <laughs> like Brian Adams? You can't trust him. <laughs> I, I, I do like Brian Adams, though, so I take that bet. <laughs> of course you do. It seems like that's uh, right up your alley, music <laughs> Yeah, so, it's just soft rock in the dark. <laughs> I should actually play that inside the closet. <laughs> actually, like, your taste in music, is that, like, fully non, uh, non-ironic love for it? Or is it, like, a touch of, huh, this is funny? Um, I, I really like... Anything from like Lionel Richie to like Slayer, <laughs> yeah, yeah, DC. Yeah. But it's a lot of eighties stuff. A lot of eighties stuff. Yes, eighty. Like I, I couldn't tell you a Drake song. No, yeah. no, no. Right. You know. Uh, uh, do you find that the, isn't that quite common that you like music from around the time you were born? I know it, it is. It, it is kind of bizarre. Like it's it's like whenever I hear Alanis Morissette, I think of going skiing with my family <laughs> oh yeah yeah well that's childhood stuff as well of course yeah, yeah for sure right. um well uh we've known each other for quite a long time now because we went to uh, school together uh for acting acting school we did and we did. um uh, in, in a way it feels like we're kind of done things a little, kind of parallel even though you're of course like you started earlier than it. we're like 10 years apart or something right yes i am 32 yeah, I'm 42. Yeah, 10 years. Okay, so, yeah. And uh, nice. so you 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 got 10 years head start, <laughs> but still <laughs> we've done like we're both in the Snowpiercer together, uh, which also means that this podcast is like the Snowpiercer Soldier podcast because I've had Jim High on as well. And I oh nice nice yeah I saw that and um, and then th- through the years we've done like when you've done a cop show crime procedural thing I've done one. And then you did another, and I did another, and then you did like a indie horror movie, and I did an indie horror movie. It's kind of weird. Like, it's <laughs> did a, you did you die in your indie movie? Um, or were you huh. were you doing the killing? It's the the ending was supposed to be kind of ambiguous, so I don't really know. Gotcha. But the big difference, of course, is that your movie is done. It's out, right? Um, yeah, it's out. I I got um. 
a sickle to the throat, which was uh, lovely on screen death. Nice. It's like, where does that happen? Die Hard 2. That's a Die Hard 2 death. It's a Die Hard 2 death. I played he stabs the, a guy in the, the eye. Yeah, I, I played the big flaming douchebag that deserved to get killed. So Great. Typecast. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Just a douchebag um, sitting in a closet. <laughs> You're actually in a closet right now. It's too bad we don't have video. Yeah, I know. Well, I think the the um, when you post this, you should put a, my picture. You know, everyone has like their beautiful mm. headshot. You should just yeah. take a screenshot of me sitting in the closet. Right. Absolutely. Actually, yeah. Because um, <laughs> we're doing the, like this is very fashionable right now. We're doing the uh, extreme social distancing podcast because it's the COVID nineteen coronavirus outbreak uh, pandemic time now. I mean. And we put the Atlantic Ocean between us, so that's quite good. Yeah, and, and hey, you have to stay busy any way you can. Yeah. Um, it's absolutely insane to go outside. I mean, it's just like zombie land. I and mean, you are staying a, busy. Yeah. I, I'm, I mean, we're, we're in Bergen County, New Jersey, so it's right outside the city. And it's right. we were before the city, like the lockdown. Mm. Um, so, I mean... I have to say, though, I, I was talking with people, and this is might be a good time for artists, you know. It, in a way. In, in a way it is, because you could really focus on creative, pro- you know, not acting, yeah. obviously, because you can't act from your closet. I mean, you can, but you can yeah, put on, like, exactly. a puppet. You, you yeah. put a puppet show on or something for yourself. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, you can do monologue videos or whatever. You know, I've done a couple of those. I, this would be, would be a perfect time, you know. Yeah, it, uh, but it's, you know, the toughest thing about now is that you get in a creative flow and then you have no motivation to do anything because you're like, well, I can't go outside, so. <laughs> oh, you don't? Okay. But you're, e- you, you're editing right now on your own uh, short film. I am editing, yes. So that yeah, is do, really... Do you want to tell me about that whole deal? I, I know about it because I'm in it, but still, <laughs> we're the people. Yes. Um, so it's called Chronicles of Narnia with a G. Yeah. Narnia. The Rex Chadwick story, and it's about a famous uh, U.S. ski team skier uh, that mm. suffered this big accident in the Olympics in 2006, and then it's like his comeback story. So it's, uh, yeah, it, we have 16, I think total 22 people, including extras, um, 16 principal actors. It's a SAG film and it, you call it a short film, but it's, it's like 35, you know, cause it's a mockumentary. So it, it really, is quite involved. Yeah. It, it plays like you're watching an actual sports documentary, which is interesting. So it's not like a five minute, it's, it's really extensive and we got the, ski stock footage and all these mm. crazy helicopter shots and i threw this huge beard and hair and looked <laughs> like i was in the apocalypse and now it's very fitting i'm sorry i even shaved yeah, yeah. uh and cut my hair it's actually a year quite uh, quite a nice look I, I thought you were gonna keep it <laughs> thanks the you know the hair is one thing but the beard like i actually started to feel homeless oh because okay. like <laughs> it, it, it it's sort of like you know how like you, you see those guys and they're like the lumberjack, like jack dudes with like the huge beards that are like perfectly yeah. manicured. This was not yeah. manicured at all. I no. uh, just look really strung out. Um, yeah, I saw those uh, pictures you put up from when you shot at, at like 
Where were you? Were you like in Santa Monica Beach or something like that? Or yeah, we we were um, on Venice Beach. Venice Beach, and, yeah, and um, beach bum. I was a beach Basically. bum, yeah, wearing a Keanu Reeves shirt, which is very fashionable. Well, of course. Back back to the eighties. <laughs> it feels like kind of um uh, like a Christopher Guest mockumentary in the vein of the, you know Spinal Tap and all those. Yes, it it really is. It kind of morphed into this. It was just an idea one day I had while driving. Because, like you were saying before, I'm so sick of going on auditions for, for uh, like, an NYPD cop. I'm like, right. if I have to go out for another NYPD cop, like, it, like the auditions, you literally walk in, and you have, like, three lines. And you're like, yeah. oh, look at that dead body over there, sitting there for a week. <laughs> and it's like, okay, thank you. And you're like, do I even need to come in? I could have done this from my closet. Yeah, what is up with? I mean, we've been talking a lot about self-taping on this podcast and that it's becoming more and more prevalent. But when people are uh, close by enough, like, I mean, I guess you do most of your uh, your auditions in New York City, right? Yeah, so New York City, but you, but like you said, with the self-tape, the casting directors don't really even want to see you anymore in person. You know, it, it's like... Oh, so that is the case. It is the case even in in New York and around here because it's like, oh, let's streamline this thing. But the thing is, I'm I've never been a fan of self tapes. I know everyone's like, yeah, you got to be good at getting self tapes done. Uh, yeah. But like, I sort of am better in person. You know, it's like you when you see someone, you, you're one you of vibe. those bastards. <laughs> you you <laughs> I'm vibe. So <laughs> you, you vibe a certain way, like you know, yeah. and you can make a comment or. A, joke god forbid do you think that you're selling yourself uh through the chat before or after or something not yes i and i think just your presence in person to the casting director i don't think i have i think out of all the auditions i've ever had i think i've booked one self-tape okay okay it, and was you know, that a casting director that knew you before um, no, it, it was just like some random thing. Oh, okay, okay, uh, okay. Yeah. Because I, um, I, I, I think I find that self-taping has worked better for me when the casting director know me before. So they already have, oh, I know who that's, this person is. Let's see what he'll do with this part, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, that that's true too. I mean, it always helps to know someone. <laughs> mm. um, but, but yeah, it's just the self-tapes. It comes down to, to like... I feel like it, you could be better for the role and some other guy will have a better setup. Yeah. Like in yeah, their yeah. house. I think, I mean, it's getting increasingly more important to have a good setup, have a mm-hmm. good uh, tech, you know, grasp on the technology and whatever. But I don't, still don't think that's the most important thing. I still uh, think that you being good and as long as they can hear you well, uh, it's it's pretty good, you know. And uh, yeah. speed is, I think speed is sometimes more important than anything like, oh, he was quick. Let's just yeah. take him then. You know, sometimes that uh, actually happens. Like somebody just holds their phone up and then goes, and that's fine. And I can't really do that. I have to like set up the lighting and <laughs> the camera. And- yeah. No, no, no. I, I know exactly what you mean. It's just, uh, I mean, especially now, though, with everything that's going on. Uh, with like the virus and and everything it's i feel like yeah. there's going to be a need for person-to-person contact after this you know i, I wonder what it's going right. to be like if they're okay. going to be calling yeah. more people in for all these influx of roles 
which I hope there is like, there could be like a entertainment boom of like new stories after this, depending how, you know, how long sitting in our well, closets. <laughs> yeah. Well, partly that, but also that, uh, after the, they lift the quarantine or whatever, when the, the big scare is over, all the projects that were supposed to be done now is going to be like the the cork is going to go out of the bottle and bloop, everything's going to happen at once, probably yeah. because they just set the uh, the production dates back. Yeah, no, I know, I know, and and hopefully, which you know, like I was saying before, the people are writing their own stuff and 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 producing their own stuff at home because that's where back to the movie, um, yeah. the Chronicles of Narnia. Um, mm. You know, I kind of got sick of all the the self tape and and all this, and it's like let's make a role something that could be fun for me to do that I like I don't go out for, you know right. that 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 plays to your strengths. So it's like exactly um, yeah, which which was fun to do because you know your role in the movie was a um, biathlete. You're uh, yeah. biath you're the team Norway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is nice because everybody else basically plays wherever they're actually from. But you skipped my nationality one country over. Well, well, Natalie, Natalie was speaking Swedish, so I'm like, well, we can't have two Swedes. No, let's let's do a uh, Norwegian. Yeah, which I was glad to do. It's uh, my first Norwegian first Norwegian guy but we it was cool because we really got the Olympic vibe um, mm. from all the nationalities which is I think we have like eight or nine different nationalities yeah, in the movie cool. mm. so it really gives that global sort of uh, vibe which which right. is really cool and and I basically wrote every part for people I knew so I put out yeah. all the stops mm. on this one got every contact involved I just uh, wrote a short film that I'm hoping to do as soon as possible as well, like during when everybody's free to do stuff now. And uh, it's the same thing. Like when I wrote the script, I was like, this is, has to be doable. So all the parts, I already had people in mind when I wrote them. Like this would be perfect for her. This would be perfect for that guy. You know? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, and that like as you um, continue on, I, I feel in this business, you know, it becomes more and more that way. Like think of like all the big directors who use the same actors in all their movies. Yeah. Yeah. It's you so know? important who, you know, and thank God I know, I know you because, um, I wouldn't be sitting in a closet if I didn't. <laughs> yeah. And you know, you would be so depressed if you weren't, you know, uh, but actually, you know what? I, I had a thought the other day, like along these lines that, uh, I was thinking that a lot of, creative endeavors like uh acting especially when it comes to acting on the level and the type of acting that you and i want to do like on in tv and movies and stuff like that uh, hopefully international things it's not something that is obtainable it's actually an unobtainable goal so because mm-hmm. everything you can just do you can do so much and then the rest is luck and being in the right place at the right time, knowing the right people, and all that stuff, and that that can be really depressing sometimes. Like, like I, this is all I can do, and then it's up to the universe, you know, kind of. Yeah, I don't know if you agree, but yeah, I certainly agree because I, I, I remember like a few months ago, I would 
every Monday I would like wake up and be like, oh, what's the point of this? Like, you know, having an audition in a week or mm. two. And it's like, and then it's like, all right, well, maybe I'll go for a walk or go to the gym. And then, you know, you're in that mindset and then you, you get an email like, oh, hey, audition. And then it's like, you're totally, sp- it sparks something new. And, yeah, yeah. and that, that for me is what, is what keeps happening. Like I, I say to myself, you know what? Just, just keep, just move to the next one. Like there will be a next one. So it's like, mm. you don't know. That, no, but be it's, prepared. It, it's being, you know, you have this, this notion when you're like a, a kid and you have the, the dream of acting, it's going to be a certain way. You're like, okay, I'm going to book my first big role at 25 and then by yeah. 30, you know, we're going to have a lot of exposure. And then for a leading man, 30 to 50 are the perfect years. And that will be mm-hmm. where the career. And it's like this mm-hmm. zigzag pattern of like, what? I didn't see that coming at all. Right. Um, right. No, no, no. no, like no. I couldn't have told you a year ago that I would have been producing my own movie. Like out, sure. out of, yeah. you know, this like need to just do something creative and and film and, t- and and writing yourself as the lead too um mm-hmm. you know you, you start to when you're actually on camera then and you're doing it you're like this is a lot of work <laughs> yep yep you know um and i think that's that's when you're you're younger a little more naive you think i'm just gonna walk on set i'm gonna kill it uh, you know uh have a great day but it it's it is so exhausting when you're there yeah when, i mean i was older than you are now when i decided to hey let's try to be a pro about this and i was naive then so you know yeah uh but so but you started you went that route when you were like 24 but you just said that like you had a dream about being an actor when you were a kid so how long have you actually thought hey when i'm old i'm uh, older or, or adult i'm gonna actually do that so I always knew that I wanted to, I, I like, I was, I made like mo- like little home movies in my basement and right, gra- okay. grew up during middle school and high school doing all the plays. I was always like the mm. clown in every production. Um, and then mm. I went to college, um, down South, I went to, uh, James Madison and then got into this mindset where, you know, I, I grew up in a big business family in like a, a sales family, like sales okay. background. Yeah, yeah. And every one of my parents' friends were like doctors, lawyers are in sales. And I, I grew okay. up in that a region of, of Bergen County. That's like the big commuter town um, for all mm. those types of people. So then like, as I got older mm. and in college, I started to like second guess. I was like, uh, I don't know. Like, if I could do this, I should just, uh, do sales. And so I'm like, uh, I'll, I'll minor in theater and I'll, uh, do international affairs. Like as, and I was like, what do I know about this? And my friends were joking around that I just wanted to be mm. like, uh, James Bond or Jason Bourne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. So what's in some funny, ways we all want to be that, but, but except for the killing. Of course, of course. Um, but it, it, it was funny, like it led me to, so after college, I graduated, I, I went home back to New Jersey and I got a sales job and yeah. I remember 
the feeling Monday morning driving to work was the most low feeling you could feel. It's like there is this untapped thing I want to do. And I'm sitting there and I'm like cold calling warehouses in a suit. And I was like 22, (sighs) 22, 23. And all these, you know, people from New Jersey aren't the most friendly all the time. (laughs) They definitely have, (laughs) definitely have character and an edge Mm -hmm. to us here in New Jersey. Um, Mm. so like I was walking in as like this kid in a suit and I'm like, Hey, you want to, uh, buy some of this, uh, shipping solutions? And they're like, get the hell out of here. Um, and it was just like, it was an early (laughs) lesson in rejection. Um, right. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So I remember I, uh, three months in, I walked into the boss's office and just quit. And it was the day that I was getting health insurance and my dad, you know, he, he was, he was mad because, you know, I just like didn't feel that I could do that. And it, and it's just like, you know, it, it, it took a while for us to, or, or my parents to kind of get on board with the, the creative right. life. Yeah, and, that, yeah, yeah. And, and actually after that, because of the international affairs degree led me to Prague where I taught English as a second language. And then okay. stum- stumbled upon the Prague Film School, and then when I was 24, it's, it's like it's so cliche. It's like you go to Prague to find yourself. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So that was the, the thing. That, like, that I would, have to get out of my usual nest yeah. here, and then just and, and go on, and, an, on an adventure. Yeah, and it. Um, so, it but why Prague, Prague though? So basically, I. I I heard, well, I heard that Prague was such a, like a beautiful city and a great yeah. culture. And, um, and I wanted something in the middle. I, I literally pointed in the middle of Europe. So I'd be like, I could travel yep. to all That's these other countries, <laughs> um, from the home base in Prague. And then yeah. I ended up staying there for two and a half years. And then mm. the, the second, you know, year was, uh, Prague film school with you where we'd see each other every day. Um, and, and do our projects and yoga and sword fight. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. We were good at sword fighting. We were good at sword fighting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I thought, I think you were the most elegant sword fighter of the group. Um, I had, I had waved swords around before <laughs> from yeah. like when I was a kid and everything. So, you know, <laughs> no stranger to the, I don't, I, I, I don't want to say that's what she said, but you set me up for that one. I didn't even see that I walked right into that one. Fucking waving, <laughs> just Peter waving around swords. Um, uh, yeah, so <laughs> typical of me. Um, so yeah, so then uh, Snowpiercer was the next step, and then that that really for me started everything. Was getting cast in that. But was that your first professional audition for something? I think it was. Like I, I think had, it was. For me it, too, it, which is crazy that you know. Yeah. I think I saw you had Nancy on the uh, podcast, Nancy yeah. Bishop. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she, yeah, she cast both of us in that, and right. it was, it was so like it's weird because it was our first audition and director, and we're so different. At mm. but it, it, you watch the movie, and it's so funny how it works. Like I was oh, thinking yeah. I was going to be this action hero, and like. <laughs> 
I, I show up to set and they like put an M4 in my hand and there's live yeah. gunfire <laughs> and like you watch it I'm just a kid like freaked out with a gun <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> R- running around I think they did that take um, where the, uh, Vlad um, what, what was his name um, I'm trying to think of his character name the guy in the suit uh, Vlad, oh that's Franco the Elder yes he was shooting at Chris Evans through the train and yeah. I was kneeling down, plugging up that bullet hole, and we did 12 takes of the assault rifle, like, <laughs> by my ear, and I was just, like, Ouch. freaking out. All right. Well, I had earplugs. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, um, I didn't experience live rounds on that movie because we were out of bullets, you know, in the beginning of the movie, so yes. there was no real fire there. Um But I did a, an, another job on, a like, a, a crime show. And um, <laughs> it's kind of an embarrassing story. Uh, they came up to me w- offering me uh, earplugs because they were going to be shooting live rounds or, you know, blanks. Yeah. And uh, they went straight up to me. And I was surrounded by these, you know, the stuntmen and uh, other, you know, uh, actors that were playing like my henchmen or whatever. Uh and uh, I just felt like kind of a tinge of macho in this. So I was like, no, 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 that's fine, that's fine. <laughs> so I yeah. rejected the, reject the earplugs because they, why did they go up <laughs> to me and say like, I think you need earplugs, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, you no, 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 I don't need earplugs. <laughs> you and then strike the me second, as a guy who needs earplugs. Uh, yeah, exactly. And then the second after, they just walk up around to all the others and everybody took earplugs. I was like, oh, what the, f- oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. then they, when they started shooting, I was like, "Ow, ow, yeah. ow!" Oh okay, my god, shit. Okay, uh, to the next take. Actually, I, 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 I did the plugs. exact same thing. I'm like, no, nah, I don't really? need earplugs. <laughs> I'm totally fine. I, I've been around gunfire. I haven't at all. Uh, it was like a macho thing. And then they fired. It's like, kush, kush, kush. Like, yeah. Can, may I please have the earplugs thing? Yeah, uh, exactly. Oh, fuck! You <laughs> learn quickly sometimes. I know. And, uh, and we have to we had to learn quickly on that job as well because I had never I been I handled guns and, and you know rifles and stuff but I never handled like a, an assault rifle thing so I guess you did too did you get like this five minutes course in how you move as a soldier and how you work with a gun and everything and like I, okay this is a crash course you know what I I did and it's just like yeah you did the the crash course but. That shows me too, like you watch the movie and how genius director Bong is because mm. everyone on the the train has been there for a while, and there's this level of inexperience that people sure. already have, you know, and it, and it's it really did show. Like it's like yeah, we're yeah. it's like kind of like you're in over your head. I, I don't yes. know, you know, because both you and me played characters that were new on the job as well new on the job yes and um i i'll never forget the stuntman we, we were in the sauna scene um mm. and like you know chris Evans shows up to set and and everything and um he i think he he just it was off the first avengers and yeah. you know he he was like the biggest movie star in the world at that point the or, you know, the the first avengers came out while we were filming yes so, um, yeah, so, so basically I, I think Julian was his name, the stunt coordinator and we were in the yeah. sauna and we were going to have this, uh, big scene. He's like, yeah, so Brian, Chris is going to grab you 
from behind and use you as a human target. And we're going to track you running through the sauna while you get lit up with bullet holes. And I was like, <laughs> great. That's so awesome. Like close ups. And then he goes, oh, by the way, we're scratching that. We're just going to stab you from behind. I was like, oh, thank Great. Lovely. So, uh, no, no, it was the same, the same deal with me. We, you, uh, you know, you get used to that very quickly. Like you think you're going to do something and then you have to adjust on the day. It was several things I was supposed to do stunt wise that they were like, actually, no, we're not going to, you're not going to do that. Yeah. Safety sake. Well, okay. Fuck it then. Yeah. Like Peter, we're going to need you to run up the wall, do a backflip gainer, <laughs> punch Chris in the face. Um, but I, yeah, I know this is the other way around. Uh, yeah. I don't think anyone was really coming near, uh, punching Chris Evans after, after Avengers came out. It, it even got to the point in end game where he, he actually was fighting himself. So that goes to show you that, you know, did you see end game? Yeah. I saw it. Yeah. I saw it. That's America's ass. Yep. No, but, uh, so that's kind of unusual. Like you have your first real audition and you land it and that's a mid budget, pretty big movie. And, uh, so that's, I think that probably messed, <laughs> messed us up a little bit. And I think it, I, I've heard that it happens to a lot of actors. Like they have some luck early on yeah, and then they just think, oh, this is how it's going to be. Exactly. And then you a couple of years later you just that's not how it's gonna be <laughs> no it, it, not at all and especially um well i would like to say too after snowpiercer um you remember what the whole harvey weinstein thing yeah yeah like of course him yeah, yeah. burying no, like, get, burying i've been the movie. talking about that on the podcast yeah yeah um he, he's not in great shape right now uh no no <laughs> so anyway um yeah, so I got back to New York, and it was just like this. I remember going to audition, and just like it was a whole different ball game. You know, it's yeah. like you, you go into and nobody New cared that you had been in this movie. Nobody cared because it, you know there's there's plenty of movies out there, and it's like you know this this one movie that's now like this sort of like a cult following to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But it was it didn't. You know, it wasn't released on the massive scale that it was, you know, advertised to be. No, no. Um, wasn't even at the cinema here. No. So it was, it was that. First of all, it was getting that, landing that, being so excited, mm. you know, mm. and then it mm. sort of going under the radar and then not much exposure because because it was a little under the radar. And then it's like, yeah, I had this luck early on. And now I'm like looking through backstage of like, short like student films again you know what i mean and it, and then it's like you you get this big head and then you're just like slammed back to reality yeah um yeah and then i had you know a few great auditions from nancy the following year like a year or two yeah me and too I, actually yeah um for no november man was one no uh we both i think we both did for what was it the last night or something Yes, the last night. Yeah, Clive Owen and uh, Morgan Freeman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. November Man, no. Yeah, but, you know, and then it it just got in this, like, string of, you're too young, you're too old, you're too tall. You must get you're too tall. (laughs) You're like... I've never never been told. Really? No, never been told. You're like 6'4", though, right? 
No, I'm six, six we're like, one and a half. Like it's 187 centimeters. I think it's six one and a half. Okay. Um, I think you and I are basically the same height. I I'm six three. You're six three. Oh, okay. I'm not yeah. sure. Uh, when I do the when I let Google do the conversation, conversion is like six two or whatever and something. Yeah, so, okay, uh, you're centimeter a bit taller. Um, mm. but yeah, that, you know, there's. It's funny you you watch a movie. Well, first of all, I hate when people say that, you know, they're like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm an actor, artist, you know, auditions. And I explain the whole thing. And they're like, mm. uh, it must be tough because a lot of actors are short. Have you ever heard that before? I've heard that on multiple occasions. I've heard that a lot. But it also, <laughs> you don't have to think for a long time before you realize, well, no, we got like Hugh Jackmans and we have uh, Harrison Fords and whatever. They're all six, six, two, six, three. We know. Exactly. But that's like the most frustrating thing to me because that's the most, the biggest blanket statement of all time. That's like saying like, oh, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm a person just living. Oh, most people are short. What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's literally we saying have like ways to pe- work around. people are short by saying actors are short because it's like what does that even mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually I had I have had co- uh, comments about uh, Snowpiercer specifically uh, because those other actors are sh- uh, in the movie are shorter than I am, uh, so I I look kind of big as that soldier guy, and I'm supposed to do, you know. And uh, I have people I know come up to be like, "You look big in that movie." Yeah, you know, I'm looking down at you. You notice? <laughs> I'm not yeah. tiny. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like everybody, obviously, like when somebody's taller than you, it's like, yeah, of course, yeah, they're just taller than you. But I think um, what I've really seen, especially on screen, that that six, like two ish, is mm. big on screen. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it it, yeah. it is like, like, yeah. It's just like I, you know, I watch things with with all actors, and it's like just knowing mm. their height. Like I think of Jeff Goldblum all the time. I think he's six four. But the thing about Jeff Goldblum, he's got the same kind of body type that I do. He's even skinnier than I am, and you just feel taller when you're, you know, wi- yeah. wiry. Yeah, that's so, true. Uh, I don't think you really consider like Hugh Jackman being as tall as I am because he's so jacked, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. So yeah, but uh, yeah, so I don't really know what is the you know is it better to have this you know slight success early on so you get some kind of you always have that in your back pocket this hope I'm, I know where I've been so I know I can get there again or if you I don't know if you heard like. Um, Mark Ruffalo, he had like 600 uh, auditions before without getting anything before he got his first actual gig. Yeah. How do you get through 600 auditions without losing all hope? Yeah. And like, how is that possible? I don't don't, don't know if I believe that. Um, Yeah, no. Well, because he he lived in LA and you can do two, three auditions a day and for commercials. Yes, you're you're right about that. Actually, um, I was yeah, I was just in a life with uh, Sarah. Sarah, um, and she Sarah was in our our class as well, and and she I think she had like five or six auditions in one day. A month, that like, is amazing. Like a month ago, I was like, wow, like yeah, 
Yeah. You know, <laughs> and you're close to New York, so you should you're you're getting at least yeah. ten times more than I do. So and and it's not you know it it really is not a lot. Like I, I'm not you know because it's it's all, like I think the last audition I had was for a just for men beard commercial, and like okay. <laughs> I I literally like was on camera and I like touched my face. Okay, thank right. you. I'm like, okay, so I just paid for a train to go into the mm. city to touch my face. Where you yeah, can't, you, you shouldn't do that because of the virus. COVID, <laughs> <laughs> you, I, you set me, you set you up for that one. Um, but yeah, and like I, I had a self tape too, like a month ago, where I had to sh- shirtless, and I just had to twirl. <laughs> do a 360 twirl <laughs> oh that's not embarrassing <laughs> it, it was so <laughs> it was so awkward it was for like yeah. a, a gillette like uh shower gel or something and i'm just oh, okay. like yeah, yeah. i'm like gotcha. hello i am brian colin foley <clears throat> and i spun around awkwardly and that was the audition okay yeah <laughs> i didn't get it <laughs> if if only you had at least gotten it then I don't know. How, but how many auditions do you get um it it really you know it, it was a lot when I was probably two three years ago I think it was it was probably the reason that I started uh, writing this movie, um, and because you didn't get any really because no it, it, there was a stretch of time where like they talk about the like artist drought and it is a major thing, it, like it gets okay. to the point where you're like you know. I don't get an audition. Like you, you feel like you're never going to get an audition ever again. Yeah. Like, have you ever had that feeling where you're just? Oh, like, yeah, well, <laughs> I have that feeling all the time because I get like one audition every other month at to- tops. You know. Yeah. No. It, it was. It was really the, even next to New York. It's. It's. It was the same mm. for me, or it, yeah. it is the same. And you know, it's it, in the times that we're having right now. It's it's also tough to like stay motivated being like, I can't even go outside. So it's like, mm. I like, first of all, I'm not getting any, any auditions and now I don't even have the option to go on an audition. Um, no, but you know what they're saying now is like work on your, uh, show reel. If you have stuff to, to do stuff with and you know, work on your own material. And, uh, uh, like actually Nancy Bishop, said that on uh, her Instagram or something like that, that you should just work on being good at self-taping now. Yeah. No, I know. But, but it's, you know, it's interesting. Like what I was talking about the times right now, it's like, mm-hmm. you're not getting a self-tape because you can't go anywhere to act. No, no, <laughs> exactly. It's yeah. So it, it, it really, but it, again, circling back um, to what I was saying before, it really, does give you if you do have a project you're working on mm. real really a lot of time to focus on every little detail and it might make it that much better you know and like yeah yeah sure like not not having social ties to do anything you know mm. it, it's um it's i think a dream for a writer right now you know it's like sitting there and and you don't have to Anywhere it, it's just it is very scary though it's like that the, yeah. you know and it does get very claustrophobic yeah so no just, like you're saying writers can really you just keep keep piling things up yeah yeah just keep keep writing 
Um, but what is the uh, auditioning process like uh, in New York? Is it like what I picture it? Like there are so many actors. So when you come into the waiting room, it's you times 30. Um, like, oh my God, all these people are just like me. It it, de- it, it depends what it's for. Yeah, for uh, um, for like uh, kind of like bigger shows and projects, it's by appointment. So you only see one or two other guys in the room. That is much better. Yeah, it, but even that has messed me up when I went to uh, auditions sometimes, and I see like, oh, that guy's just my type, and he's yeah. probably going to be <laughs> yeah. better. No, fucking I, hell, he's going to be. Oh, <laughs> I, I I always think that it's like, oh my god, he's, he's this guy is so much more handsome. He's his voice is mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. deeper and cooler, and yeah, yeah, exactly. he's less goofy and. Um, yeah, you might you, not want that, but that's what we're thinking. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you get in your head um, a yeah. lot about it sometimes, but it it is, and I've found that um, I the things that I've booked, I've either been the first one in or the last one of the day. And oh. what, my my dad had a, like a really good theory about that. He's like, yeah, it's the same in business you know for like interviews yeah it's, it's usually if you're there first and you make the greatest impression it you, they can't get you out of their head right and conversely if if um you know some uh, everyone was terrible the whole day and then mm. somebody mm. shows up and then they they kill it on the last interview then it's like yeah. all right um but yeah it's, it's weird how that works i think um when I booked Orange's New Black, I was the first one of the day. All right, cool. And so they was, probably felt like shit. We got this. It, it was, yeah. I mean, it was a, like a small scene and went in and still have the nerve because it's a you know a big show. Um, mm. and then it's like, all right, I think I went in Friday and I heard Monday. Yeah, yeah. You know? Usually is a quick turnaround. Usually, and is, uh, yeah. that was. Uh, season three, right? Season four. Four. Okay, yeah. Season yeah. four. I know I've seen it because I uh, I quit watching uh, like in the middle of season five. I'm, I'm going to keep watching it. Just I just lost track. Yeah, it was, it was season four. It, it was a cool little experience there with crazy eyes. Yeah. So you you play the boyfriend of the. No, you're you're so, part of a couple who lives with uh, the crazy eyes character before yeah, he went so, to the prison break. Right? So it was, it was cr- um, crazy eyes is like adopted sister. Ah, sister. That, okay, yeah. That I was a boyfriend, and um, <laughs> basically, like we wanted to go on this trip, and then then the whole thing backstory happened where why she was in jail. Yeah. So I, I always joke around that I was responsible. there's a little ego for you well of course we need that sometimes i know well it's funny you know that i like i've been worked with actors where it's like it was almost unbearable like how big their head was like you know their ego yeah 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 and And has that been big names or medium-sized names or unknowns Anywhere from like big, na- I actually find that bigger names are more, they're the most comfortable yes. and most, most open people. 
and it, yes. that's in, that's including casting directors. Like yeah. the, the bigger... I find I don't know if you can agree with this, but I find that the actors who are semi famous, they're on their way up. Those can be the most obnoxious because they they're f- afraid of losing what what they've just gotten, so they yeah. just want to elbow their way up or something. Yeah, no, it's like they have something to prove, and and it's like you could mm. you. I think what what's interesting about the business in general is that the I think casting and the casting people and directors they can smell that they could see that mm. you. And, and I'm sure we were both guilty of this, you know, and probably hopefully not as much anymore because it's like you you go through all this rejection and drought and then it's like you're sort of it sort of brings you back down to earth. Um, but it's like, mm. yeah, they could. I, yeah, they I they know. first I... of all smell the desperation, I think if you're oh, like the desperation. Oh, yeah, that, that I, uh, yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, but but even they they could smell like um you know so the term for it is try hard. Like yeah, w- when yeah. you, you could just tell a person's like, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, that's why I prefer self taping sometimes because I think my try hard side, if if it's there, uh, is shown when I'm chatting to the casting director <laughs> beforehand or something. I'm really well, I super friendly. You know? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, hey, dude, a lovely weather we're having. Oh, my goodness. I, last appointment of the day. Great. And then they're like, what this guy? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm so guilty of that. Just saying yeah. stupid stuff. And I'm like, oh, I already and then, just t- yeah, torpedoed and then this. Immediately when the camera's rolling, you're like, you look uh, at the script. You have like two lines. <laughs> um, yeah. And you mess up one of them. But that's the thing about auditions. It's like. It really depends on the day. You could just have a bad day, yeah. and you yeah, could yeah, flub yeah. one line, and then you could go in the next day and deliver like seven pages of dialogue, mm. and it's and yeah. it's just it like clicks. It's yeah. really weird. Like I've been in an audition yeah. where I think there was two lines, and I screwed up the lines, and I was it was like so yeah. embarrassing. Yeah. I was like, oh my yeah. god, and then, yeah. and then yeah, other days where you go in and it's like, you you just have a casting director you like or. Or you just mm. mesh with their personality, and it's just like mm. you're comfortable, and and then it's seven pages. Like you trying out for a series regular, and it just comes off, you know. Mm. Mm. Like my eagerness definitely comes out in commercial stuff. Yep. Because okay. it because it feels so unnatural, and it, I yeah, have yeah. this horror story for I had an audition for a Capital One commercial in New okay, York. Do go on. And it and it was uh, yeah, like what's in your wallet? So I. I was sitting in this waiting room and this is where there was like eight actors and some of the waiting rooms in New York, it's literally like this closet I'm sitting in. It's like, okay. And it's so uncomfortable. And like you sign in on this little computer and like, you know, they, they take you into the room and you're ready. And I think I was waiting there for like an hour and it was, it was this little scene where this couple goes on a tropical vacation and you you get to the Airbnb, and you, I think it's like uh, there's a liquor cabinet that's locked, so you open it up with your Capital One card, and then you're on the oh, beach okay. yeah, yeah. enjoying cocktails, you know. And then it's like, haha, what's in your wallet? And like hmm. I was so distraught just before I even got into the room, and, and it was just like because I, of the waiting time, because of the waiting time, 
and just my like the material you know it's like that's the thing with commercials it's like you're you're just like uh this is just like how am i gonna pull off this you know pull this off so i go in she's like yeah okay so we've been doing where you could um do the lines and then uh, improvise and and you know open uh the the cabinet whatever and say what's in your wallet and yeah right hmm. So they're like, okay, we're recording whenever you're ready. So I do the thing. Um, I take out my actual wallet. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I take out a credit card and everything falls onto the ground. Like all my, <laughs> I think, I think it was a money clip. And, oh, okay. And all of the cards go on the ground and they're, they don't cut. So they continue to film. I'm on my hands and knees Picking up <laughs> all of my credit cards. <laughs> they pan down to the ground. And, and, and yeah, I get up, like, my keys are on the ground. And, and like, down. I'm, like, improvising. I'm, like, oh, honey, well, I dropped all my cards. And it went on for this, like, <laughs> I, like, I almost want to see the audition tape because it might, might yeah. be the most embarrassing thing. And I'm, I yeah, get it, just... finally, I get all my cards. Stand up after, like, this is, like, a 30-second spot. I'm doing this for, like, two minutes. <laughs> and then and then I stand up, I put the money clip back in my wallet or pocket, I stare directly into the casting director's eyes and I just go, what's in your wallet? And just deliver the like the cheesiest what's in your wallet. And she's like, thank you very much. <laughs> the thing is, that sounds great. Yeah, yeah but I, I guess it's just like, and, and it's not even like... They're not like, oh, do it again. You dropped your cards. It's like, first of how, all... How like, could you do that again? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, wa- so I'm, I'm waiting here for an hour. I'm like sweating in this like closet of your casting office. Mm. It's a complete train wreck. And then like you... Like it's after stuff like that where you're like, what am I even doing? Yeah, um, right. yeah. yeah, but, yeah, it, yeah. but again, like you were saying, you said it's like sounds great. That's something that you might book. Because it's like, mm. you know, it's like they could find it funny or just like it's memorable. funny. It's memorable, that's for sure. Um, but uh, I'll never, I wish you could see like how I delivered the line of, uh, yeah, in, yeah. it was I, like, I, so I, it was like cheat, like what's in your wallet, honey? <laughs> 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 oh my God. But, it was just but actually back to, uh, I just had a, uh, I remembered back when you were talking about the, uh, the time of day and what your dad said, because uh, I heard about um, a study about that uh, when uh, with uh, interviews and uh, stuff like that, that it's really good to be first in the day. And mm. like you said, it's probably good to be the last one as well, because they can remember you. Um, but also the best is to do, be first after lunch. Ooh, that's interesting too. Yes, I might agree with that. You do not want to be the last before lunch. I tell before you. Before lunch, no, because they are cranky. Want to get out of there? So and cranky. Get that burrito. Yeah, I want my salad. Mm, yeah, but then when they come back and they just you know had a great lunch and whatever, let's do the afternoon. Yeah. And then you were the first but, one. That's also good, apparently. But it's also, but I can't imagine. Uh, like you got to give credit to the casting directors seeing all these actors all day. It's like. I don't know yeah. if I could, I don't know if I could do that, you know. Because I it's have like, been on the other side a couple of times, actually. Really? Uh, I haven't been casting, but I've been, 
you know, part of sitting behind that table. And it's an interesting uh, mindset you get into. Like, because, and I do recognize that um, usually uh, casting directors are telling you, like, remember, everybody wants you to do good. Nobody's your enemy before you get in there. And that's, I I recognize that so much because I'm like, every person that I've seen going through a door, I'm like, oh, what are they going to do? This is going to be interesting. Hope they're going to be good. And if they're, they're nervous, you get nervous for them. Also, like, oh, it, it, no. and you could you could feel that in the air too. Yeah, yeah, um, you can. But it's yeah, it, it is a, a thing that like just being on the other side too of of even casting a few roles in in this movie that you know we made. Um, mm. It it's it actually when when you're in the role of the casting director, it it makes you feel better about not booking any of those like a lot of those auditions that you've had because it's like i now understand Mm. why that it's not personal anything you know what i mean it's just like except when it is (laughs) because it might be (laughs) yeah what's in your wallet um (laughs) no like oh this fucking guy again (laughs) yeah exactly and and i see like and you like realize like also casting directors could have a bad day there's so many factors, yeah, you know, they could, yeah, yeah. they could be having a bad day in their life and you just think they're grumpy and want lunch, but it's like something could have happened outside of this. And then you carry that with you out being like, Oh, it was me. And then you think about that for two weeks, like a crazy person. Yeah. And, and then your next audition, yeah. yeah. Sometimes it is you, but also in relation to them. Yes. You know? Yeah, because I I have I don't know if you have do you have a like a short list of people actors directors producers whatever that you don't want to work with again. Um, yeah, I don't have an actual like a black book like it's like a little like no they made my black no book. no no I, I'm like I I have yeah. I have a list in my mind but it's just a couple of you know two three people. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a few. There's definitely a few like casting people that I when I get called in. I'm really excited because it's like, you know, mm. it, I feel comfortable, but we're ready to go. Mm. And then there's a, a few where it's like, I do not want to get called in again by this yeah, person yeah, yeah. because it's like, right. I, I just like, it's this mindset. You're like, I'm not going to get it anyway. I'm getting, mm. being put mm. through this experience. So you already shot yourself in the foot before you go in. But it, but it's even stuff like that where it's like you, you go through a tough experience and, and, being in that creative mindset as like a, a artist and actor and you know writer and whatever, um, you mm-hmm. you you look forward to the next good thing that's coming. Yeah, you're yeah. like I went through this experience and there's going to be a good thing. And when you get something, you, you have you ever felt that some people like in your life are like everybody's judging you for being an actor. It's like yes. they like they don't care about anything yep. I'm doing. But then right. you get something and like they've been s- supportive this whole time. You know what I mean? It's like, according to them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it, according to them. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I have to say that there's definitely something to be said for really, really like when you have that gut instinct to like follow your own path, um, circling back, you know, to my parents are my absolute biggest fans. It's like uh, you, 
you you know it started out where it's like i don't know if you could be an you know because mm-hmm. you know it, it's a product i don't know product from where i grew up or or whatever but it's like mm-hmm. yeah. you know they start to see that this is like a kind of a lifetime goal that it's like you are building as you go and it's like each time you're you do something new or you surprise them and it's like Great. i didn't yeah. i didn't I honestly did not know you could do that. And it, wow. it it's okay. re- and it's really cool, I think, you know, because you, you do have those bad experiences and you think like nobody's supporting me. Nobody's doing this. Right, but yeah. but but it's um you do find that network of support I think when you, when you kind of stay the course and and really even in the bad time, you know, it, it's it's tough but but well yeah, have your but back. will you quickly identify which people are which? And you need to surround yourself with the people who get the journey. Yeah. And it's really hard to find those people sometimes. And I've had to almost cut people out of my life that have been maybe not super close friends, but friends in the periphery that they, you can tell that they don't really get it or that they're jealous or whatever it is. And anything like that is so toxic for, for you as a creative, trying to do a creative endeavor. Yeah, and it, uh, you can't true. do that if you have if you're uh, not in luck with your parents like you are. Then it's tricky, of course. And uh, yeah. I've at least my parents kind of stay out of my way when it comes to that. They may not totally get the whole deal because yeah. they're also like a working class family, and mm-hmm. nobody wasn't you know actor except for my grandmother, and I didn't know that until like. <laughs> when I wanted to be an actor myself. Interesting. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's tricky. I actually been thinking about writing like a whole article about this whole thing, like to, uh, to who, whom it may concern who are friends of people who try to make it as an artist of some way. You have to yeah. either help or get out of the way. Yeah. I, I think you you're know. definitely, you're right about that. And it, like, there is a, a, a sense too sometimes of, you know, you, you think that, that other people, you know, they should support me, they should do this. But at the same time, it's like they have their own lives going on, right? And it's like, I think, especially for like, for our, what we're doing, it's more in the spotlight, uh, you know, obviously. It's, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's like, but then you there's a sense like, maybe I'm being selfish sometimes. Like, yeah. Sure. Like why? Like why am I the only one where, that people should care about doing this thing? So I that as I've gotten older, I've I've thought about more. It's like, look, this person probably wants credit for what they're doing, but but they're not getting it, you know. Yeah. And it's and it's like yeah, yeah. you you really start to sympathize with people, like like circling back to my parents. You know, it's like with the whole sales experience and and growing up you know, like, you know, business environment. It's like, you know, they like growing up while I did theater and all this stuff, they, they thought it was like, it was so great, all the performances and stuff, but it's like, mm-hmm. how are you, how are you going to make a living at this? You know? And it's like, yeah. And, and that's a parent's concern. And of course. Yes. And they're always looking out for, you know, your, but, but you, when you're younger, you treat it as like hostility. You know what I mean? Like mm, mm. you're not supporting me. You don't believe in this, blah blah blah. But as you get mm. older, you you kind of understand just just what's going on with um 
with that whole deal. And it's, yeah. I think, I think, I think it, what I'm saying is uh, like some people, even parents, they have to sometimes accept that they have to get that they don't get it and accept that like, okay, yeah. I don't get it, but it's fine. I have to support whatever you're doing, even though I don't understand but, it. I did, yeah. Um, and it, it, it's a very interesting time too, because, uh, you know, I, I post these little things on Instagram and mm. na- now that everybody's at home, that's yeah. getting so many more hits because yeah. it's like yeah. it now entertainment is all of a sudden very important. And it's mm. like, mm. and, and people, it you know, they, they see, um, um, you know, just like when they're at home and they're, they're seeing the value of art, I think. When you when you have when you're confined and and you have you know, mm, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's that's really cool. You know, just like maybe opening up a little bit to the art world if if you're not already. Um, but it's 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 just tough, you know, because it's you got all the yeah. doc you got all the doctors out there and everybody's getting sick and it's just like then it's like how could I watch this show? Like I might just watch The Office again. um right you know so it's like new content um though good you know it's hit or miss like people i think now just want to be comfortable you know what i mean oh yeah of course yeah yeah it it, i like i struggle with i think the especially with this movie and everything it's like i spent all this time and like resources doing this and who is going to care about it you know what I mean? Do oh yeah, you, that's a concern, of course. Yeah, it's like you know. I mean, it's you like to say like, you know, I don't care if uh, one person likes it. You know, I'm glad I did it. It's it's hard yeah, to yeah. get into, it's hard to get that mindset when you when you when you pour yourself into something and mm. and nobody, you know, and, and that's what I'm saying. Just for for everybody, all of humankind. It's not even just actors. It's like you know that. You want to feel like you, like you matter and are respected, and you know get the feedback oh, yeah. that you deserve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big thing. <laughs> and um, oh, yeah, we want to be appreciated for what we do. Exactly. Yes. And, and that can be that can be confused by some people of just wanting fame. Like, oh, you just want to be famous. But, well, no, that's not it. Yeah, no. I mean, I mean, I think when you're younger, it's, it's so you see this so like that is so appealing. But like now, what's going with all like the streaming and everything? It's it's a very different world than it was when I was like 15. Yeah, you're going yeah, to sure. you're going to the movies, and and that was like biggest. I'm t- I'm talking like I'm like an 80 year old. Oh, when I was <laughs> 15. Um, no, but it, even like in the last, you know, fifteen year, it's just like what I think. With, what's cool about it is you can create content that can be that you, you know, you could get exposure for more yeah. easily yeah. today. Yeah. The problem is there's a lot more of it. Yeah, and it, sometimes it gets kind of I don't know if it bums me out or what, but if you look at like YouTube or or whatever. I'm now pretty psyched that I have over like 11,000 views of one of my like Shakespeare monologue videos. Like, whoa, my God, there's a lot of people who watch my stuff. And then you see just another regular YouTuber and they have 
like 11 million followers and every video is being seen by 3 million people and I, yeah, and I don't even know who this person is but yeah and it's, it's like they like have the, a following as big as a country it's like probably what like a lady like a lady with like a turtle or something has like 11 million followers and yeah 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 like what like what why like i don't get this you know it, no. and and that's the thing too it's so subjective like how like how do you gain that following like i've mm. i've like tussled between trying to really hard to get that following and then just not caring about it and just doing my own thing and yeah. whatever. Cause yeah. it's like what really like it's really judged by like, which, which drives me crazy. Like the number of followers gives you value, you know, like, or perceived yeah, because you want to find your value. people. Exactly. Um, mm. so that's a hard thing too. Social media too is a, is a big, uh, I go back and forth between, um, because it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's like, but so... you're really good at it. I mean, you you master Instagram pretty well. Oh, thank you. You post a lot of stuff, and you do you do you you post content that is really funny, and uh, it's actually you know, you do sh- like short skits and whatever on on uh, IGTV or your stories or whatever. And a lot of time, like I I couldn't keep up at all. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. Th- thanks for saying that. I I tried to like just do. I did what did I do the other day, like the third day of quarantine. I did a scene from Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Oh, I didn't see that. Right. Yeah, it was on. I, I you know what I'm doing a lot on the story now. So it's like. Oh, I, yeah, wait a minute. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Coffee's for closers thing. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, and yeah. I, and I was I was the Alec Baldwin character yelling yeah, yeah, at yeah. Jack Lemon, and Jack Lemon was a teddy bear. Yeah, <laughs> holding. So it's like I think the caption was like uh, bosses on their third day of quarantine. So like they're going yep. insane at home. <laughs> yeah, that's um, good. Yeah, and you did one with your girlfriend when you are dating inside or meeting in a bar. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Me, uh, Emily, and I did that. She was. Uh, she, we we try and shake things up because she works from home. Um, mm. Anyway, so so she not that anyone's used to what's going on right now because it's like you get the feeling of now that i can't go outside i want to go outside um but yeah it's, it's been kind of easy for me though so far because yeah. it's so close to my ordinary life <laughs> yeah, yeah well that, that's like what a lot of um other artists are saying and and i agree with that um mm. that it's like you know back to that focusing and and on your your stuff and and really yeah so we try and find a way to shake things up so we had date night that's what you were talking about where we, uh, mm. cause we, you know, for quarantine, we're sitting around in sweatpants all day. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, yeah. it you, might not be super sexy. You know? yeah. And so we, we did a little date night. I, um, she wore a gown <laughs> mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and I wore a, like, uh, I don't know, like a suit with, without a tie or something. And we did a, a little, uh, scene. It was like 15 seconds where I, um, kind of trying to pick her up at the bar, but the bar is our bar at our kitchen. Yeah. She's and she's <laughs> like, um, she's like, what does she say? She's like, Oh, I, um, uh, pleasure seeing you here. And I was like, Oh, where are you? Uh, where are you from? And she's like, um, I live here. <laughs> I'm like, so I, do uh, I. I happen to live here. <laughs> happen to live here. Me too. Yeah. Um, that's good stuff. So everybody should like, follow Brian and check out those things. <laughs> So yeah, like uh, and we always talk about where we can find people at the end of the uh, the podcast, and but at the uh, your Instagram is at uh, FoleyBC. 
BC for Brian Collin, of course, not before Christ. <laughs> You're funny today, Peter. Today? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully I'm funny every day. Every day. So, um, we can talk about what you've done otherwise. Of course, like, Orange is the New Black is one of the more, more, most, um, like, visible things you've done, I, I guess you could say. It is, yes, I, I think, just because it, it was such a big show. My involvement in it was not that big, but it was it was cool. No, um, yeah, to be but it's a, like a, an actual, you know, character with an actual name, <laughs> actual, you know, you actually see you. Yeah, and, of, um, of course, the character's name is Brad. I was like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> what else? Like, I, I walked in like, oh, this is a Brad or a Brian or whatever. <laughs> But what is uh, uh, I see, I'm looking at your IMDb page now? What is Blood Feuds? Oh, Blood Feuds was just like this little mini series on um, what was it, American History Channel or something? Okay. And I was a bare knuckle boxer. That was actually where I got my fight reel from. Oh right, I saw that footage. It looks really good. Um, yeah, it was it was cool. It was just like this. We had this bare knuckle, fake bare knuckle fight. Yeah, yeah, well, well, beautifully lit and like slow motion punches and stuff like that, right? Yeah, I, th- I think I put the the uh, reel to like Dropkick Murphy's song or something. <laughs> yeah, 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 like shipping up to Boston or whatever it is. Yeah, one of those. So okay, yeah, it's described as an original series centered around our nation's most iconic rivalry. So this is uh, you played an actual historic person. Yeah, I, I think his name was a Yankee Sullivan. Yeah, I, I was—I forget who I was fighting, but it, it was like around the time. It was like sort of like a Gangs of New York episode. Yeah, that's the name of the episode. Yeah, yeah Gangs of New York. So that was fun. Uh, the other stuff, yeah, like I, like I was saying before, just cops and a mustache. Yeah, yeah, a, the mysteries of Laura. You were a trooper. Trooper. That was a pretty good scene I had there. Um, the the guy who was the lead in that for a while was is on that show now on Amazon about the what's the one about the soup the superheroes, um the boys yeah all right yeah yeah, yeah he, that's he's a good a, one he's like one of the uh, the leads on that now he he was cool um I, I that was a funny story so I I sporting kind of like a shorter beard now but I all the cop roles you, they want you to be clean shaven so yeah I had course, a yeah. I had a beard at the time and I just showed up with a mustache and like they, they wanted me fully clean shaven and they're like right they're like love the mustache let's keep the mustache and I was like, yeah oh. because it is a comedy show and you look more troopery like classic <laughs> smoking the bandits type trooper <laughs> i look like a big dork basically eh, um, well that works okay yeah it does yeah, work for the show yeah the show never got that big did it I think it got canceled after like second or third season. No recurring and, uh, business there. One can see you for like a couple of seconds in The Wolf of Wall Street if you look closely as well. Yeah, so that was that was right when I got back from Prague. That was interesting. And then mm. it was shooting like a half hour from my parents' house. Um, mm. And so I, it was like in Westchester and I drove there and that that was insanity. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like there was like 200. I was like, yeah, maybe I'll like go and you never know. I'll do like it's. It would be cool to see like Scorsese and like Leo work. So like, let's yeah, go. Yeah. And you did because they're in the scene. You're in one of the. You're one of the stockbrokers in the, in his firm. 
Yeah, so, those, so like hundreds. Of there's like there, the, I think there was like 250 people there. 250, yeah. And and like it was what was cool about that is like you know you you go for the extra work to you know and you get I got like put they stuck me right in the front. <laughs> I was like cool. Well, I've seen the movie a couple of times and I spot you. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so yeah, I was there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the real big thing now is this movie. I just, I yeah. edited your scene the other day. All right. <laughs> I hope I gave you something to work with. You, you really did that. I love the fire in the background. Oh yeah. It, it actually worked. It's it, fake it, fire, but it kind of, it sells. Yeah. It worked. And the, the sound effect you, you uh, gave me was really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that sells it completely. Yeah, no. Uh, no, it's actually just a, a fire video playing on a, a TV we set up, and then I we covered it around with black, so it only the the fire could stand up in the, in that lighting. So yeah, I love that. It, it, everyone is so unique too in the movie. It's just like it, it's really cool seeing all sixteen actors just are so different and unique, just playing off each other. It, it's really an ensemble. Mm. Yeah, everybody. yeah, no, it's also cool like when you get a lot of locations like that and uh, putting putting it together. It just sells that it's a it it shows a budget that might not be there. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly, and and we got lucky with the the stock footage too because I, originally I mm. was going to do the skiing. Like I grew up, obviously, I, I wrote um, the role for myself, so I was like, oh, I'm going to do um, skiing, and and I just did not predict that. Like first of all, I had to go through all the SAG paperwork right and, yeah that's a big deal and and they were literally like if you put your feet into skis you need a stunt coordinator really like, yeah we got um this huge deal on stock footage and it's like all these like helicopter shots extreme videos uh, yeah. and it but it's like the, like if you've seen a classic ski movie it's it's like on film yeah it's really cool yeah Oh, nice. So, uh, so you have stock footage of skiers, and you can say that that is Rex. Yes, basically. But it, it, you know, because you're not going to if you're doing any sports video or um, any sports film, you could, like if it's an extreme sport, you can't really see the person's face, especially with goggles no, and no, a helmet on. No, yeah. Um, so it's like the perfect stunt double. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, we know he's safe because it's done because it was already recorded unless so. that person died when they made that uh, stock footage <laughs> yeah well i i mean something tells me that if that you have stock footage out there the person didn't die if they're selling it, and it probably yeah <laughs> no they they wouldn't do that out of respect probably it's not a yeah, it's, it's not a the crow situation where you, we have to like cover it up no 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 um so yes we got really lucky with that um i was so happy everyone was on board and and the the paperwork though doing Mm. doing 16 actors and like Mm. all the all the background actors and stuff was like insane yeah it's just you know, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't even want to begin to understand what all the ins and outs are uh, when it comes to that. Um, so yeah, so so if one person in the movies in SAG, you have to go yeah. through all the of that. Okay. You got to get a business representative. You, you know, you got to do all the paperwork. You, you got to write out mm-hmm. a line item budget, predicted, mm-hmm. but you know all this stuff. Um, so I think we had 
like six or seven actors in SAG. Okay. In the movie, um, but it, it 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 really is cool when it when it's when it was over because it's like you feel that sense of accomplishment where you're like, this is an official mm. thing, and they require you to put the the SAG after logo in the credits. It's kind of cool. Oh yeah, and it looks so official. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, and no skiers were harmed in the making nope. of this film. Nope. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that that last that last scene we filmed in Colorado, like right before this whole outbreak. Kind of right. Yeah. yeah. Ramp- I mean, it was ramping up, but before there were any restrictions, mm-hmm. uh, I think we filmed that last scene like the day before everything started. Like that was the wrap day. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So so the silver lining is we got lucky with movie uh, that we finished it in time. Yeah, and um, now you have all the time in the world to work on it. Yeah, which is kind of nice, you know. It's like I, I could learn, you know, Premiere and the software. It's like nowadays, like you feel like you just can't just be an actor. It's like you gotta write, you gotta edit, you yeah. gotta yeah do everything. I mean, I want to get into that um, because I always uh, felt that I wanted to have the opportunity to do things myself creatively. So for that reason, I've been making, I have a home studio. So I've been, you know, I'm of course recording this podcast in in it uh, a lot of time. And, uh, uh, you know, I've been making music for 20 years. And so I, I, I'm pretty good at producing and mixing and, you know, all that stuff when it comes to music and I know cameras and I know, you know, all the, the stuff, but it's also a little bit dangerous because then you are in danger of getting actual work doing those things. And then all of a sudden, Hey, you're that sound guy or you're that, you're that, uh, designer guy or you're that, you know, and I'm like, fuck, no, I'm an actor. Well, you haven't worked as an actor for years. No, I (laughs) know. Yeah, you're, you're going to be the next what's in your wallet. <laughs> well, not even that. <laughs> that, that would be great. It'd be, what's, what's in your wallet in Swedish? Uh, There's a nice ring to that. I think, I think you could send that in. <laughs> really? Oh, plånbok. It's a really weird word. Yeah, yeah it's like our new spokesman for uh, Capital One is not Samuel L. Jackson. Peter, <laughs> is it Samuel L. Jackson now? I, I think there's just been a lot of different people. So he's like, "Motherfucker, what's in your wallet? God damn it! Yeah, what's in your wallet, motherfucker?" <laughs> well, you've of course done have done other jobs like during these years when you've been officially a professional actor. But uh, what have you been doing uh, for work? Um, so in the summer I caddy, so golf bags. Really? Yes. So uh, basically I, I carry two, two golf bags, one on each shoulder. And it's like Mm. six, seven miles of that. (laughs) Keeping fit. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, yeah, which is good. It's like, you know, you're outside and everything, but it's not good on the hot, hot days. No, no, no. And probably Um, don't pay that much either, I guess. Um, they, they pay the pay of caddying is pretty good. It's oh, at, is it? it's, oh, yeah, it's at a high, higher end country club. So it's like, ah, nice. Okay, yeah. yeah it's all. There. And you've been like a. Have you continued to, to do English tutoring and stuff like that? 
I stopped teaching English in a shirt and tie and boxers on the internet. <laughs> I All did right. that <laughs> when I got back from uh, Prague. I was doing that. I had a. Yeah. I remember because I I moved back at parents' house and I had that job where I was um, doing ESL classes to people in China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they would. I couldn't connect to the Wi-Fi because I needed like a cable. Okay. So, Every morning I'd wake up at 5 a.m. I would mm. take this massive cable from upstairs in my parents' bedroom and the router is like was yeah, yeah, down yeah. in my dad's office. And right. I'd like every morning like throw it over the balcony and then just like come and connect. So like for three hours there was this huge cable just like throughout mm-hmm. the entire house. Um, mm. So I did that for a bit. And then now I actually have a pretty good gig actually with freelancing for Prague film school. Um, like I go oh, to, really? yeah, I go to like some like universities like Northwestern and Sarah Lawrence and just like talk to the, um, students who want to study abroad. Like, okay. Talk, basically and, talk them into it. Yeah. And kind of like tell them about my experience and, and all that. Um, yeah. and what I went through, which is, you know, a positive one for sure. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I sometimes get, questions from other actors who think about going there but i have to be honest and say like well i went there like seven eight years ago so i don't really know because there's different teachers and things change and so i can't really talk to uh, how it's today really so you have to take all all my experience with a grain of salt because it was back then even though yeah even though i visited the school uh in august yeah well i I heard that I heard that the um, uh, number of actors like skyrocketed. Like there were there was ten okay. when we were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we're even like eleven, twelve. Yeah, I depending think on. Jitka uh, said that there's now twenty five. That's too many. <laughs> it's, too, it's it's too many for that room. It's like, well, they, they're going to change. They are going to open up. You know the 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 venue. You guys had the mid party of uh, Snowpiercer in. Oh yeah, right next door. The, uh-huh. the, that building is now a Prague Film School building. It's, they're gonna oh, I didn't know have that. all this stuff. Yeah, they're gonna have uh, the acting and uh, a lot of other stuff in there. Uh, that midway party for Snowpiercer was uh, outrageous. I heard. I'm kind of jealous. Uh, I was at the rap party, and that was not as outrageous. Everybody seemed to be just tired, almost. Yeah, tired and post-production blues kind of vibe. I remember the, there was like a premiere in New York that I went to yeah, yeah. when it when it was here. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't it wasn't a premiere. It was like a private screening or something. And for yeah, cast and crew. I remember yeah that the party afterwards, and I'll never forget how I Tilda Swinton is like my favorite person. She's so <laughs> okay. she is so nice. She's just like. Mm. You know, so present, like listening, you know, to everything everybody was saying, and then I not, I'll never forget what she said to me. I left, and I was like, um, "Oh, I just wanted to like introduce myself. I was like one of the soldiers, um, and you know, whatever." And she's like, yeah, yeah. she held my hand with both her hands, and she said, "We made something extraordinary." <laughs> oh that's like, so good like that's, like we yeah. like we like oh yeah i got stabbed in the sauna you were like a lead mm. character but but it, it mm. but that's really cool that she you'd say something like that and i i think possibly one of my favorite parts of on set was uh talking to the late john hurt 
Um, Mm. He, the scene where he was uh, getting like executed in the movie um, was, was like the day I was there. So, you know, like we were in that where we like pass him after Mm. his like bodies on the ground. Um, And he was, in a wife beat like a like a wife beater we call it like the uh tank tops mm, yeah yeah sitting out on a picnic table smoking a cigarette and he offered me a cigarette i didn't smoke but i was like yes yeah. absolutely <laughs> so i'm like, <laughs> okay. so I'm, I'm, I'm like do now i'm like not inhaling i'm just like sitting there like like trying to look like a cool trying to smoke a cigarette and he Right. He started talking about all of his on-screen deaths. It was so cool. Yeah, he's like, oh, I, I actually gave birth an alien. And then he like told yeah, me exactly. about Yeah, exactly. That was the me, best death. <laughs> that was the be- he's like, oh, so I was an alien. I can't do a John Hurt accent or That's not it, no. That's, that's <laughs> oh, an alien. Oh, see? <laughs> yeah, that is actually one of my big regrets in life. And I have a lot of them, but that is one of them that I never, I mean, I was in a scene with him and Tilda and it was, that was a, you know, that was a good day, of course. But just on set between takes, he was just walking around and he just walked by by me. He stopped and he smiled, a big smile, it's like inviting me to, for a conversation. And I just... Yeah. Smile back because I was like, "Holy shit, John Hurt! I'm not going to bother him." And <laughs> so I never Peter? spoke to him. It was just, and then you know, when he died a couple of years later, I'm like, yeah, "Okay, that was my chance to work with him again." Yeah, you don't um, really, well, you don't really recognize it too when you're like on set with those, you know, you're just like you're trying to not screw up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially with a cast like that, and it's like your first major production. Mm. You're just like, yeah, it's. And of course, you do screw up. I mean, I I know I did. (laughs) Of course. Didn't we go together to get costume fitted for the the stuff? Yeah, uh, we went together to get get costume fitted, and we did do stunt training together, right? Oh, yeah, we did. Uh, No, that was fun because we had to, like, run through, like, a gauntlet made up of plywood that was supposed to look like a, a train car and and beat down stunt guys one <laughs> by huge. one like a, a computer game they and they huge. were yeah and one of the guys is e- enormous you can see him in like a mission impossible ghost protocol being let out one of the uh, uh cells in the moscow prison and stuff like he's gigantic yeah but what was and, f- uh, I rem- do you remember when like you'd hit him he would like fly backwards like you hit yeah, him yeah, so yeah, hard yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did a, I did a, what's it called, like um, a roundhouse kick on him, and he just went flying like that. He that wouldn't happen. <laughs> yeah, right. Like he, I feel like if you did that, he would just like stand there, and it, it would he would just absorb every blow. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I hit him in the back with uh, like this fake axe we had, and uh, and I know I, I I remember that I connected. I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> because I've been told <laughs> don't hit hit them for real because they will get mad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, well, listen, we got to round this off. Um, so we already said that you have the Instagram and it's Foley at Foley BC and uh, other stuff. Where do we find you uh, like website wise and social media and uh, all that stuff? Um, we got, well, we got the IMDB, which is just Brian Com Foley. And every, I mean, you just type in, this was actually the thing that Nancy really taught us. That was we to be Googleable. Yeah, yeah, so it's yeah, like yeah. you literally just type in 
name in it. It's like the, the whole first page is like YouTube, Instagram, IMDb. For you, though. Yes. It's not necessarily the, the case for somebody who's not you and live in Asia. They might get other results. That, that's true, actually. That's true. Yeah, but it's probably good because it's also a name nobody else have. Uh, yeah. Nobody else well, have I've, those you, three names in combination. Yeah. You remember that um, that story when I <laughs> I was like choosing my IMDb, like like I was going to just do Brian Foley, and I Googled Brian yeah. Foley, yeah, and yeah. the first thing that popped up was a professional clown named Brian Foley. <laughs> Like, oh, was like, that the case? I remember you asked like, the rest of the class, like, what do you think? Should I be Colin or should I keep it without? And I remember we all basically said, no, have Colin in there because it sounds cool. Yeah, it's so that the clown was based out of New York and it, he had like this ah. professional cl- like clown business. He would like, I was like, okay, right. definitely going to go with the Colin, I think. Yeah, yeah. For sure. And yeah, and um, uh, the Chronicles of Gnarnia, uh, the Rex Chadwick story, will be done and out when, do you think? Um, judging by things are going like 2040. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you have a lot of time no, to no. work on it now. Yeah, no, I, I was thinking probably in the fall. All right. Fall so, 2020 yeah. or because, uh, you know, I want to do the, the festival run and it's like, you, yeah. well, if you can't go to festivals, then you can't. No, do it. So you might have yeah, to wait so till next year for that, but but we shall see. Festivals have to open up again. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, keep a lookout for that one. So yeah, I think that's it. Well, it, it was a pleasure, Peter. I I love seeing your face for over an hour on this Skype here, ladies and gentlemen. His shirt is amazing. Yes, it's next level. <laughs> next All right. Level shirt. Good All talking right. to you, man. You too. Bye.